poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday, and unlike last Tuesday, it's a tactical day. We we kind of took last Tuesday off, eh, John? Yeah, you want to tell them what we were doing? We were driving in our car to the airport on Tuesday. That's... That's oh, yeah, we that's true. Doing. That was last Tuesday. <laughs> I thought we were doing something more exciting. But why were we driving to the airport? Yeah, because we were coming home from our wolf retreat in Cherokee. And it was a good one. The we, We've had two in the books now. And I didn't think number two could live up to number one. But it actually did. Because one of us went deep in the main event again. Wasn't me. <laughs> John went very shallow. Uh, very I went deep shallow. for me. I made it to level three. That was. Yeah. It's good to have goals. You know, yeah. you made it I to level three. I gave myself a pat on the back on the way out. I was like, this is well way done. above expectation. Well done. Well done, me. Um, yeah. So essentially, went to Cherokee this time. There were, I believe, six wolves, two coaches. And then some other villagers who, you know, we have close relationships with that met up with us, hung out with us, stayed with us in the cabin. And we played some poker over the course of like five days. And my, one of my internal goals before we went was that I was going to be spending time with the wolves. I wasn't going to play any cash game. I was going to play one tournament. And I thought that that would lead to spending more time with everybody, but it didn't because <laughs> that one tournament kind of just kept going and going and going. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good reason, good enough excuse for for not spending time with us. I think we were all we were all okay with it. Um, so I guess like just to give the audience a little bit more context, um, we went to Cherokee, North Carolina, for uh, a retreat um, for all the for all the guys in the Wolves that could make it. Um, they were running a WSOP circuit event there with a seventeen hundred dollar main event. Um, that was kind of like the big thing that most of us were. We're planning on firing, um, Brad. There, were, so there were fifteen hundred and two entries, I believe. Um, There's like 300 k and change up top. Um, Brad actually final tabled it and finished seventh. Yeah, seventh, seventh for sixty k. Um, so yeah, that was the that was the deep run that we were alluding to a couple minutes ago. Um, yeah, all in all, a good trip. I was really impressed by the whole setup in Cherokee. I thought I was a little worried that we we're like kind of just going in the middle of nowhere, but the property was like really nice is brand new. And like, you know, everything that was like related to the tournament and poker was run really smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good stop. I mean, it's a good place. Yeah, Clearly really good I'm stop. biased. I can't really say that I'm unbiased <laughs> because like the last two times I've gone, I've gotten like 25 and now seven. Um, yeah. so I've had, you trust me, someone who, who lost money last trip and still <laughs> had an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So, uh, I think every single one of the wolves won, um, John, however, John was the only loser on the trip. So 
give it yeah. up give it up for john too much bowling you guys yeah. are probably wondering what what this photo of brad just menacingly looking at someone someone yeah. is doing up here but uh we wanted to kind of just also we had a bunch of photos taken um during the trip like not just poker stuff we did tons of other stuff we pretty much gambled on anything that you could you could imagine gambling on um yeah, I keep telling John how friendly I am at the poker table, and he's like, "Dude, look at this! <laughs> yeah, look at look, this guy! Look at this Would you want to play poker with this guy? Come on, come on!" I, I'm a little nervous about that guy, honestly. <laughs> I'm a little nervous if I if I see see that guy. I'm not even in a hand. Nobody like I'm just like yeah. sitting there. Minding. You can't see the belt because yeah, because our, our faces are blocking like the rest of the photo. But there's no hand in front of that. He's just watching some. This Poor is guy. this is my resting face. I'm I'm just paying attention. Like when I was in high school, I would be walking from class to class, and my sister's three years younger than me, so she's freshman, and I guess I was a senior. And her friends would be like, "Why is your brother so mad all the time?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm never mad. Like I'm I'm like perfectly happy and upbeat, and like I didn't just realize like in this photo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm totally happy and upbeat. Um, can't you tell?" It's just it's resting <laughs> I'm so Brad face. To be here. <laughs> it's resting Brad face. There's nothing I can do about it. I, I can't make it look anything different. Mm -hmm. I promise. Mm -hmm. Promise. I was fairly fun to play with. I was actually like kind of um, had a, a cold, like a little head cold that I was like recovering from. So on day one specifically, I was like quite tired. I'm gonna make a bunch of excuses for okay, okay. Yeah, looking yeah. very <laughs> menacing right there. But you know just what? Like Hey man, I don't care. Like if that's my intense look, that's my intense look. Let's let's go. The podcast listener is like, what on God's earth are you talking about? We can't see any picture. Yeah. Go to go to youtube.com slash chasing poker greatness. You can see this the slideshow for yourself. Um and John wanted to because John is, you know, John is John. He wanted to go through and show. Oh, the, look, you look pictures. a little bit less. I look a little bit less there. Yeah. Uh, my you made, wife, uh, you made day two. So you're happier. Is that, is that what's yeah, going on? I'm happier. My wife was like, I saw a picture of you wearing like red and blue and like, what's wrong with you? Who, who dressed you? So, you know, she, she told me that apparently that's not what you should do. Although like I thought, you know, it's red and blue and I'm white. So it very seems patriotic. like a very patriotic setup for me. Right. I'm, it was obvious to me what you were going for. I don't I'm actually exactly. surprised, but yeah. I don't know why she just she doesn't get it. <laughs> see what else we got going on. Yeah, more. It's it's when you when you make it to day three of the tournament, you get more photo more opportunities for photos of yourself, apparently, which is why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then this is this was the gang. Um a lot of the group playing. PLO against each other for some ungodly reason, a game that we don't, <laughs> we don't train, we, we don't practice. So naturally let's all go play a game. We have no, everyone, idea everyone else doing. in the game was very happy about, about the game. Oh, I can't even imagine. I'm like minding my own business in the tournament area. Like John, who's like fun. Dad is out there like, Oh yeah, let's play PLO. Let's play PLO. <laughs> you guys want to play crafts? I'll teach you. Let me, let me show you how to play crafts. Like John's John's fun. Dad. I'm like, mom who walks in on her kids just eating cookies for breakfast and like what on god what are you guys doing like stop it get your act together what are you doing <laughs> despite burning a full night of playing poker we still did quite well in the cash game streets so <laughs> i think everyone I, the wolves just like they crushed it in the live cash 
yeah the live cash streets it's like it was to the point where i was like yeah you guys probably just shouldn't play any of these tournaments this is just it's just way too costly for you guys to yeah so let's let's put everybody in the same plo game that's not not costly for at all let's see <laughs> hey look look how happy they are to be playing yeah with four I, know. Cards. I know i'm just giving you shit <laughs> um everybody likes i mean i think the game players in general enjoy doing something that's different than what they always do like i think yeah, it's just yeah. a fun challenge of like learning something new and right. experiencing something new so there is value value in playing the, the plo uh, especially for the two regs who were in the game there was massive value for those guys <laughs> i'm pretty sure one was losing so nice and uh Previously alluded to bowling, bowling experience where we're somehow I lost 500 bowling the first night, just coming up with random, uh, random odds. I don't know. I gave you five to one on bowling a strike, and you hadn't bowled a strike the whole game, and you like last frame, last ball, you just freaking gin gin a strike, and uh, was a 250 dollar. It was what roll of the bowling bowl of the bowling ball. You can call it whatever you want. It's your yeah. you're the king. You're the king. Um, and yeah, more bowling pictures. And us back at the cabin playing Big Two, which you introduced us to. And clearly, we obsessed over finding the optimal strategy. <laughs> About 10 seconds. And I made two mistakes where I could have won. And it, it, honestly, it, it tilted me more than busting out of the tournament. It's like... <laughs> Oh, there's a path to victory, and I just punt. Oh, like I, I just it's like I can't even live with my. How do I live with myself in, in those moments? I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't, shouldn't. Be, I should still be somewhere like punishing myself. Um, but yeah, that's all the that's all the photos from the slideshow. It's a great time, good trip, going deep. Uh, was nice. It was a good experience. I think there were a lot of takeaways that are positive moving forward. Um, yeah. And uh, when are you guys gonna be back? I the next uh, next Cherokee one it's gonna be in February. You and you February. won't you won't be there, but I'll be there. I feel obligated to go now. I kind of have to go. Like a, I I'm increasingly setting the bar a little bit higher. Like one twenty sixty something twenty five seven. Now I've got to do better than seventh place. It's uh, I really wish I would have just won because then you wouldn't have to go back. Well, I wouldn't, I would, I guess I would just have to win the next one, right? That's where the bar would be. I just have to win every single time. Yeah. Um, Come home with a ring in February. Yeah. Ring in February plus the 350 K, which is more valuable to me than the ring. I think. Yeah. I Pretty sweet. I, I, I wear w one wedding ring. I, I don't really care so much about the ring. <laughs> um, a bracelet, maybe a bracelet that, that, that one, those feel feel better um, heftier heftier i grew up wsop bracelets they were like yeah. the thing the ring is yeah, kind yeah. of like oh we we're doing these like secondary events and we're giving you something that's like not as good as a bracelet right um, all right can i talk about some hands from the tournament yeah let's look at a couple of hands from the tournament this is tactical tuesday so i guess there should be some actual tactical content within the uh 
within the episode and also super pumped for everybody who came up to me and introduced themselves and just it was a great experience uh, again i know i'm biased because i did well in the tournament but i feel like even if i didn't do well in the tournament it would have been an incredible experience yeah. um and, and by the way like there's a lot of like times in the podcast historically that i've talked about uh tournaments being so tough for me because of the stalling uh just the stalling element drives me insane these cherokee events man people play they want hands per hour like there's like very minimal very minimal like obvious <laughs> stalling for like a minute you know if it's they'll take like 11 seconds or something to to make a decision that's their version of stalling so it wasn't yeah. it was just a it was a good experience everybody was fun to play with we actually had yeah. one table so this table that we're actually going to break the hand down um on i'm going to go to the the replayer now if i can find it here in my thing let's see yeah so this table that we're playing at that we're going to talk about actually when we bagged this was on day one near the end of day one when we bagged um one of the the people that i was playing with was he was sad he's like wow I'm sad. Like, I don't want this game to end. Let's like, let's go play cash. You know, I don't want this table to break up. And that like, yeah, yeah. it, it feels like, again, I've got limited experience in tournaments, but it feels pretty rare that when you bag for day two, the table's sad that the game like is gonna, <laughs> gonna end that like, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be broken up. He just like right. was enjoying himself so much that he wanted to keep playing. Like that's, right. that's really cool to me. Uh, honestly, yeah, that that's, really cool. that's like yeah. a re really, really high compliment as to, how everybody was feeling and just the overall vibe of the table. Like I, I take a lot of, a lot of pride in that. That's just really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I've never, well, I mean, I've never gotten close to bagging. But <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I mean, I've never just heard someone like say anything like that at the poker table where they're just like, unless they were just like crushing and just like winning, you know, every hand in a, in a cash game. And they're like, yeah, I wish this could go on forever. Yeah. I've heard that. But like, I've never heard just someone nah, super, just, super good dude. Like yeah, super, awesome. super great guy. And if, if you're listening to the podcast and he's actually going to be involved in these hands today. So if you're listening to the podcast, like really enjoyed playing with you as well. And with that said, let's get into the hands. Uh, right. I think both of them have him involved. Ironically. Um, so we have a queen five off suit. You, you want to, Take the lead here. Break down the action. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so tournament hands. Um, we're eighty k. We start the hand eighty k effective. The blinds are uh twenty five hundred five k with a five k big blind ante. Um, I think we're playing eight handed. Uh, for both hands. Um, I think it's nine handed, starts. but you oh, just okay. didn't add the extra player. Um. Uh, oh right, right, right. Tournaments nine handed. Mm, uh, no. <laughs> under the gun folds. MP folds. Uh, we get a min open, um, which is pretty standard in tournaments. So uh, open raise to 10k from the low jack. The cutoff calls the 10,000. Button folds, small blind folds. Brad has about 15 big blinds left in a stack with a queen of hearts and a five of diamonds. Yeah. I do we struggling want to, talk to see about? how there's <laughs> more going to be more to talk about in this hand. But. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned we have the queen five off, right? Yeah. Uh, so a little context building up to this hand. Um, one part of this that is actually kind of a funny oversight on my part. So I had been oscillating between 
like 170 K chips and then like down to like 90 and then back up. So I've been like going back and forth. Um, and 15 and 30 big blinds. Yeah. Between like 15 and 30 big blinds. I'm pretty sure that I law had recently lost like a hundred or 150 K chip pot, um, with like Queens against ACE nine off. And I hadn't, I didn't know exactly how many chips I had. Like I, I hadn't counted my chips before the start of the hand. So me having 75 K, I actually thought that I had like 110 or something. Um, I thought I had more chips than I did, but essentially what happened was the low Jack who opened the hand, uh, like I, I preface this by saying we're a very talkative and lively table, right? Like we were all having fun and getting along. One of the players said something to the low Jack who opened, um, and the low Jack, the low Jack essentially verbalized like, oh, this is a good one. Like, this is a good like he hand. pointed at his hands. And- yeah, he pointed at his hand and he said, this is a good hand. And so yeah. like, as su- it's like, you know, classic Mike Caro of like weak, strong, strong, weak, you know, it just, he's saying he has a good hand, like literally verbally saying it. So I am pretty confident that he doesn't in fact have a good hand. It's probably something like six, eight suited or seven, nine suited or Jack nine suited. Those are like the hands that I think you would say that about, um, mm. Not like aces. I don't think he would say anything if he had aces. Um, or even like king queen off. Probably not king queen off. It's more like a fun hand, right? Like right, right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like eight six suited is the fun hand. But like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, this, this is a good one. You know yeah. that that was sort of what I thought, and so I, I discounted the cutoff um, as like trapping. Um, cutoff was you know in the mix, but I, I just didn't think they would they would be trapping here. So I just like went with my read and rammed the queen five off in the middle. I actually made the decision before I looked at my cards that I was just going to be jamming here because I thought, oh it was a, thought it was a good spot. Yeah. How long did it take the low jack to fold? It took, he asked for a hand, for a chip count. And that was when the D, de- like I, I pushed my chips out there, the dealer counted it down and the dealer was like at 75K and I'm like doing the mental math going, oh shit. <laughs> He he's actually off with eight, he, six. he's yeah. actually like getting a decent price here. I made a mistake. I think uh, <laughs> this this is a little scarier than I thought it would be. He might be priced in a call, um, but who knows? I probably could have <laughs> probably have enough a decent amount of equity even if he did call with the queen five. Uh, and and just as a yeah, it's just you know. So I I ram it in. Um. It's actually 75K, but whatever. Whatever, John. And uh, then the cutoff actually tanked too because also what? getting a good price. And he yeah. said he had like Jack 10 suited or something and yeah, yeah, yeah. was just like considering just calling it off. Um, yeah. But mercifully folded. Uh, and then I couldn't help myself and showed the queen five. Um, I don't know why. I did such a thing, but I did do it. I don't think it's plus EV. Do you think it has something to do with like the friendliness of the table? Like the chat, like it felt more, it didn't, it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't a needle. Kind of it was like a fun thing. Yeah. Like it a, was like, yeah. oh, look, look at this. Like we, yeah, we yeah. just stuck it in with the queen five, you know, yeah, yeah. like we're, exactly. we're getting this game out, out of the you. muck, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, well, it wasn't like a needle type thing. It was just right, right. A, a thing. Um, so anyway, I show that hand and then we have like, 
a hand that is connected to this exact spot because me showing was kind of like inception uh, by setup. by accident it, it it set up something um that happens in in the second hand and so we're going to go to the break and then we'll talk about this bigger pot uh so stick around post-mortem cherokee trip the decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy too tight and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your pre-flop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a pre-flop bootcamp. Everything that you had done with me to that point, or I had heard you do, had impressed me. I loved the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour and loved that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away. And what about bootcamp blew you away? Like it started off slow. Like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience? The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post game as it did for my pre-game, just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10, 15 minutes of tape without finding mistake after mistake. And then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well. I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study? Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year out of everything. I would give anything to go back and to, to know that stuff 10 years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if I had known that stuff. And I thought the boot camp was so valuable that I literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because I was blown away. I just thought the price was too cheap and it's changed my game in ways that I, I can't even explain to you. If you'd like to join the next round of Preflop Bootcamp, which starts on the last Saturday of every month, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp.
All right. We are back from the break. This postmortem of Cherokee. John, let's not dance around. Let's dive into this this second hand. So go ahead and start breaking down the action. All right. So Brad's in the big wine, 10 3 of diamonds, and the unfolds, MP folds, hijack. Uh looks like we're playing the same blind level, 2.5k, 5k blinds. Uh, it's like an minimal. orbit later at the same same exact table. Yeah, makes sense. You're in the big blind again. Um, hijack makes a 10k cutoff, which is the who is the same guy that uh call uh, or went into the tank after uh, under the or the original razor folded last hand calls the 10k again. Looks like he's just kind of getting in there pre a lot, just based on these two hands. I guess I, I don't know that he was necessarily like getting in there. I think both times he probably had something playable. It is just like kind of coincidence. I I'll okay. spec. I have to, I'll speculate like, I guess in after this hand is over as to like what I think, hmm. think villain was doing, but, um, okay. so small blind folds. I don't even know if this is supposed to be a call, but I'm actually, I'm getting like six and a half to one pre and it's multi-way and my hand is suited. So I just don't really fold in these spots. I was like defending very, 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 very liberally. Um, just, I mean, I I really just don't can't see how it could be that big of a mistake to defend getting such a good price pre. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like ten three suited multi way. I think like heads up, it's like a slam dunk defend. Multi way mm-hmm. is what makes me a little bit unsure about it, but I'm yeah. still, you know, I'm still going to be calling the ten threes uh, moving forward. Um, so I defend getting six and a half to one. There's 37.5k in the pot. The flop is okay. I kind of flop gin for a 10 and a 3. Queen, 9, <laughs> 6, old diamonds. I flop a 10 high flush. And I guess we'll start the action here. Mm, okay, so we're 25 big blinds effective. There's 8 big blinds in the pot, so we have like SPR 3. Ooh. Almost feels like you could do... You could just go almost any which way you want with this hand here. I think donking is a cool idea. I think just checking and kind of like playing in flow is also fine. Like we just, there's so many different ways we can get 25 big blinds in the middle once we flop a flush uh, with SPR3. That Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of different options. Uh, monotone board specifically, I thought would probably be CBET a little less frequently by yep. the PFR. And yep. I think that like flop checking through is probably like a worst case scenario for my exact hand in this exact spot. Maybe so, we can make like a like a slightly like a pool player pool based read here. Like I think on let's say Queen Nine Six Monotone, I'm playing in a six max cash game online. I would expect the PFR to check with almost range on the yeah. on the flop. Um especially multi-way. One of the things that I think that I noticed playing that the live MTT was that it just felt like everybody just see bets almost right on like every type of board. Um, I don't. I mean, so that may be true in level three, but <laughs> yeah. the players got a little bit better at level twenty six. Well, chips are less abundant by by the the higher levels. So like investing investing a couple of big blinds in a spot where you have very little fold equity is just like when you've got 150 it's a little bit easier to stomach but mm-hmm. as you have fewer chips it's a much bigger deal so I, I mean while they you know someone could have bet for sure had i checked and i think actually somebody probably would have bet had i checked i, I did just want to make sure that like yeah i'm gonna get, start out by getting a bet in the middle 
SPR three, I think bet, bet, bet was like the easiest, most obvious path to getting the money in. So also think that like, you know, if I have ace X of diamonds, then maybe that's the same path that I would like to take is just like make it, give myself three chances to win by yep. leading betting turn and jamming river. So like, I, I thought it would be pretty easy to have, uh, you know, it, it seems like a somewhat balanced donking scenario here. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I just decided to lead a third and multi-way. I, generally, my bet sizes are just going to be going down, and then at layer on top of like it being a monotone board, um, I think that that just incentivizes yeah. me. I'm, I'm just supposed to bet like very small here. A third yeah, might even have, be too big. Like, you have, you also have 25 big blinds effective, so it's like you know, you'd be putting in like a third of your stack if you bet big, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, big, big in this spot would be half pot. Yeah, like right, that right, that would right. be like my big sizing and <clears throat> small is like probably the typical one I, I think i do think i could have gone like a quarter you know 9k i ended up betting 12 um yep. i think a quarter would have been totally fine too and maybe quarters even preferred um giving me more ammo down the line uh so i bet 12k to 37.5 uh the pfr folds and the cutoff calls so to recap, right now there's sixty one thousand five hundred in the middle. Um, the flop was queen nine six, all diamonds. I've got the ten three of diamonds, so I flopped a flush. I led, fill and called sixty one point five in the middle. Um, now the turn is a six of spades, so pairs the bottom card, pretty non threatening card. Um, it just Dylan's not going to have nine, six. They're not going to have queen six. Maybe they have nines full. And if they have nines full, then congrats. You, you bust me out of the tournament essentially when I have a flush. Um, yeah, so nines full and quads. So that's it. Yeah. Nines full and quads. So I clear. And I think like, if I do lose, I'm, I'm pro I'm going to be losing to like the nut flush too. That is slow play. Oh, right, right. And yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. like, just kind of thing that is, you know, if it happens, it happens. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I thought that though if I did check that villains like Queen X would almost certainly check behind. Mm -hmm. So just really no thought of doing anything other than than just going ahead and betting. So I, I sized up uh, I bet half pot here. Um and villain thought about it for as I said, people weren't really tanking, you know, and this this is uh the the guy that's having a good time. So he thought about it for seven or eight seconds and just just called. Um, yep. and the river is a nine of spades. So the final it double pairs, the board, the final board is queen nine, nine, six, six, uh, queen nine, six, all diamonds was the flop. There's one 21.5 K in the middle and I've got 83 K behind. And, um, yeah, so I guess this is a decision point. You want to talk about it? Yeah, this is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I guess like <clears throat> the first thing we should talk about is when you bet the turn and uh, the cutoff takes seven or eight seconds to call. Um, can you narrow down his range anymore? Uh, I mean, I think it's a bunch of top pair. I think it's like ace of diamonds. Um, it could. Uh, I, I wouldn't imagine that he has like ace nine off with the ace of diamonds. Uh, he wasn't playing those type of hands preflop versus like a low jack open. So like I would really count out like ace nine with the ace of diamonds. So like, I think he's got a lot of top pair. I think he's got quads. 
I think that he's got nut flushes, and that's really what I would imagine his range to be. Like king queen, ace queen, queen jack suited, queen ten suited, uh, quad sixes, quad nines, and then like um, you know, ace deuce, ace four, ace five, ace seven, ace eight of diamonds. Yeah, maybe like king ten, uh, king jack of diamonds. So, and like a lot, it sounds like from your description of his range, like this nine of spades is actually a really good card or like a pretty good card for us. Yeah, it like, reduces his combos of nines. Right. Um, and he doesn't you know, have three, naked nine X. Three to one. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he has any nine X call, calling this the turn bet. Right. Okay. So sounds like we, like the only hands that we're worried about are like just like the hands that we're trapping on the flop, like the nut flush and then the two combos of quads. Um, yeah. Was, I guess like the next question is like, do worse hands call? Flushes probably call. I don't know how many worse flushes he has. Like, I, I wonder, like, I would be a little bit suspicious that, like, he sometimes just raises flushes on the flop or the turn um, mm-hmm. when you go bet bet. Um, I do think most worse flushes will almost certainly call the the river jam, though. Um, thinking that, like, you likely just don't have very much naked 9x or 6x um, right. on the river as well. Um, I don't know what the hand like the category of hands that are worse than flushes. So I guess we're talking about like queen, queen. X here. Like, yeah, what does that do versus versus a river jam? Um, I suspected it would call. Yeah. Uh again, this is one orbit after my queen five. I I just suspected that like my image was such that King Queen's gonna really struggle here. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, the six and the nine pairing are actually pretty good for King Queen too, because they reduce, you know, my combos of yeah boats so like from their perspective it's actually like not bad just having like king queen here uh if you have the king of diamonds that's going to reduce my combos of flushes even more so like i don't think it's like terrible or crazy to call with king queen here or queen jack or queen i mean they're all effectively the same the same category of hand i think um they beat my bluffs they don't beat my value so it's just Mm. pure bluff catcher yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I think even like nine X on the turn is kind of effectively the same as Queen X. Uh, maybe even better than Queen X since I likely squeeze Queens and don't know exactly if I squeeze nines or not. Mm, I see. But yeah, so I I in the moment and the flow of things, I felt like a queen was gonna call. Yeah, um, I think if it, I think if you think if that's what you think, then the river jam is just slam dunk. Um, I mean, am I gonna check fold? Like uh, that. You know, if I check, what do I like? What do I do facing jam? Uh, I just check fold a flush. I, I think I probably should, but I don't. I, I think that the majority of the time when I check, they're going to snap check back, and they'll yeah. they'll just have a queen, right, right, right. and I'll be right. like, uh, why, why didn't I go for it? Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, the the questions that I was I was trying to ask were trying to get at like, are there enough worse hands that call when we jam? I th- uh, I thought so. My yeah. intuitively which is kind of the world I'm operating in in tournaments since I'm not nowhere near as studied in tournaments as I am cash games. Intuitively, I thought a queen could call. Um, yeah. So with all that said, I jammed. I have 83K back into 121. I ripped it. And when I say I got snap called, I mean I got snapped. Like, like, I, like you thought you lost. My... I jammed. He called so fast. I said, "Fuck!" I got a flush. (laughs) But the the first word was "fuck." Like, I mean, it it took him like the snap, boom, just all in call. 
was yeah. like, oh, oh quads, no. Really? Like, yeah. Um, so I was like, fuck, I got a flush. And he's like, flush is good. And he just mucked his hand and asked how much it was. Like, he didn't even know how much it was. He called me that quick. He didn't even just 83K. All right. Nice hand. Um, and then he told me later he, on that, like, yeah. He didn't care how high your flush was, I assume. He did not care at all. No. He, okay, okay. I said flush. I, I mean, I'm he, just wondering, like, he could have snapped with seven, eight of diamonds, right? He could have. Like, he could have. He, yeah, yeah. he, he said he had a queen. I mean, okay, he, okay. he said he had okay. a queen. I just don't know which queen it was. You know, I imagine that it's king queen. That was what I was alluding to pre-flop that like, I imagine that he had a hand like a suited Broadway, queen jack suited, king queen suited, mm-hmm. or king queen off, maybe even ace queen off um, that he didn't three bet pre. I, I think yeah. all of those are reasonable. Like, I don't think he's like in right. there with queen deuce suited or queen five off, like some knuckleheads. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that like he just had king queen uh, yeah. and... He's, he told me that like he made up his mind that he was going to call on the turn. And so the he, turn. he just yeah. like didn't have to like build himself up to it. He just knew he was calling. So he just yeah. called. Yeah. He probably knew how much you had behind roughly. Probably did. He, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how much, many chips I have most of the time. So he's <laughs> way ahead of me in that area. I, and, and yeah, so that was it, it kind of the queen five jam and then showing it just accidentally set up this hand where I flop a yeah. flush in orbit later. It was very serendipitous, very fortunate that I kind of destroyed my image and then got a value hand directly following. And then somebody had yeah. top hair. Man. I, I, I like this guy even more now that the guy that you played against that like, he could just like get whacked like this and end the day and just be like, man, I had so much fun. Like it was, I, I just want to do this again. Incredible. I mean, you know, we, we, we're talking a lot, uh, just chit chatting at the poker table throughout the whole tournament. And, you know, mm. I just, I verbalized multiple times that like, this is part of it to me, like the journey, the ride, the conversations, like this experience means so much to me as, as I'm getting older, just the experience of playing in this tournament, being thankful for the competitors who showed up and that I'm playing against just being grateful for the energy and the experience. I mean, mm. You know, winning money is one thing, but the experience is something that can't really be replicated. And it's a once in a lifetime thing. And I, you know, I'm very grateful for it. I could tell that this dude also is just enjoying the experience and having a good time. And, you know, I, I value that just, I can't describe how much I value that just as, as a poker player and being in those environments. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think just like, I'm feeling that, that sort of. The, the same thing you're feeling now that I've been, you know, playing a lot more live poker in like the last month or so. And like, it's just being around that and like in that, um, in that environment is, is, is it's really energizing and motivating. And yeah, I like being around it too. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's just great having these experiences with my fellow man, you know, again, if, yeah, just can't wait to go back there and, and battle more and shake hands from the people that I, that I played against and catch up. It's just, it's good. Oh. Um, that's all I have. I, those are those are the two hands that felt Tactical Tuesday worthy. They kind of flowed into each other. Unlike you, John, I actually have a theme. That I'm, I'm. Bringing, no, this was nice. This was nice hands. having like a hand set up another hand. But let's be real, like you don't get to run that hot most of the time. Like you don't get no, to show no. the bluff and then just flop a flush against yeah, the guy yeah, that you yeah, bluff. Yeah. It's, uh, who, like, like you know, like yeah, you got a theme, but like let's not forget how how hot you had to run into. I did. 
That's true. That's true. But there were other hands that we could have talked about <laughs> that had had zero theme whatsoever. Hey, but yes, it, it's very, it's very, very lucky that you get a value spot directly after showing such a such a like wild wild all in <laughs> jam. It's yeah. and I mean you got to capitalize, right? <laughs> you got to got to capitalize. Max value jam the river with a double <laughs> pairs on a, a three flush board. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Thank you for the podcast listener. Very grateful for your time and your energy. Click the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is you're listening. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.